Well, everybody, Locked On Big 12 podcast. It is the 4th of October, 2022. Robbie Triano is here. He's got takes. We're going to hear them. We're going to think about them. We're going to give our thoughts on those takes. You all can give your thoughts, too, in the comment section below. It is Tuesday Takes with Robbie Triano. It's coming up next. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. It is Robbie Takes Triano of SiriusXM, my colleague from there. We've got takes today. Before we get to those, let you all know today's show is brought to you by BetOnline, BetOnline.net. If we compel you to place a wager on something, do it at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. All right, so Robbie, we, we've – this this league is not like – I wouldn't call it like super random. It's not like um, – like the Big 12 is not the ACC where right, – here's, here's the example. Like there's no pit losing at home to Georgia Tech, right? That is, that is not occurring in this league. Maybe to some of you out there, OU getting, you know, trashed by, by TCU is like that. To me, it's not really like that, right? Georgia Tech fired their coach. They are objectively bad. They are objectively bad football team, and Pitt lost that game to them at home, which th- that does not happen in this league. Um, the results, though, I mean, they are varied. There's some stuff that we can depend on. There's stuff that we can't depend on. It. Everybody keeps saying it, and it's very, very true. It is the most compelling league. And here's the thing. We mentioned it before. There is no Colorado, right? Even though West Virginia got killed by Texas, like, I mean, on our show on SiriusXM, all of our consensus was like, mm, man, it's a lot of points, right? Nine and a half, Hudson Card. I love the Texas performance of that game. But, like, there really there really is so much, not parody, I would say depth. Depth is the right word for this league. Yeah, and – I would be really frustrated if I'm a fan. I'm technically never grew up a fan of any team in this league, but like every Saturday it is so entertaining, but also you could definitely lose. And that has to be somewhat like a lot of anxiety for it. And like, I I've been wrong about a lot of things in this league. And I think though, after this weekend, the picture is getting a little bit more clear. And a lot of that has to do with, now I can count a lot of teams out. There's three teams in this league. I can just like kind of rip up and like go away and we'll get into that. But now I'm starting to get a little bit more of a feel on this league. Non-conference. I think we got drunk on a lot of different teams and stuff, but now I feel like water's kind of getting its level, but a hundred percent, this league is so amazing to watch. And I don't think it will be amazing to watch in terms of like that team's going to compete for something big. Like we've talked about that, but like every single Saturday, you don't know what you're going to expect and that's good or bad, no matter how you take it. But I think it's very good for the growth of the league. Yeah. It's one of those years where I really wish there'd be a college football playoff, right? Because what would be so funny about this is that, okay, we feel like Ohio state's going to win the big, the big 10, right? We feel like, uh, or, you know, I mean, at this Michigan's played okay, but like, I think we're much more confident about Ohio state. Georgia or Alabama will one of those two will win the SEC championship game. I think it's just going to be a matter of who shows up on that certain day. Right. We saw that last year, right? The ACC, man, there's nobody in that coastal and Clemson's already gotten NC state and they got by wake. And so there's two major hurdles. Florida state to me is the last one. All right. So there's, there's three leagues settled. Um, The PAC 12 really compelling up top, but Arizona state and Colorado suck. Right. So there's 
you know, that, that they really suck. It's a free Stanford sucks too. They haven't won a, uh, against a division one team in like forever. Um, so they're interesting. USC, Utah, Oregon. Sure. Any of those three, you know, that's, that's really fun and exciting. The big 12, there are like six teams you can make a case for. And the cool thing about that is one of them would be an automatic bid into a playoff, right? Uh, not saying they win a game, not saying that, but they'd probably win and host or win. They'd probably win the big 12 and host, right? So we're talking Stillwater. We're talking Manhattan. We're talking uh, Fort Worth. We're talking Austin, Texas. We're talking maybe Lawrence. I mean, that is what's compelling about this. So I kind of wish we had a 12 team playoff, but like it's all on the table with this league at this point in time, it's all on the table and that's yeah. what makes this awesome. Yeah. And I want to, I want to speak on that because like you said, every other conference, you kind of have an idea of who's going to win. And when it comes to the future of this with the automatic qualifier, you could have hope in November or even the last two weeks of the season for about four different teams. And that is something that you just can't say about big 10 or sec football, because you kind of know who's going to win. And that's where, like, I see the future of this conference, and you see what Brett Yormark talks about, about the betting side of things, how he wants to get younger and hipper. I would love to bet on this conference. Like, legitimately, like, towards the end of the season, these games are so close. It is going to be the most entertaining, but they have to grow that because you have some markets now of Cincinnati, you have Texas, now you have Florida, and you have these awesome, loyal fan bases like in Manhattan and in all of these other places and now that you can be competitive and for that race to mean so much, because I don't know if there's going to be two big 12 teams in a 12 team college football playoff. Like, I don't know. Like right. the SEC. Really big year like last year where Baylor and Oklahoma state would have most likely made it, but that's, that's two really awesome years you have to have. Right. So in most years, like if you are guaranteed a spot, that championship game becomes amazing. And that race becomes amazing. And that's where I think that can grab so many headlines. So totally agree. I love the depth of this league. I think it's good right now for Oklahoma and Texas to be down because now as we get momentum into the new Big 12, we are now having our eyes on Kansas football. We're having our eyes on Kansas State football. Mm -hmm. We've had our eyes on Baylor, but now we have our eyes on so many different teams that should be getting the attention, and they're getting them at a national level. Like think about TCU after Gary Patterson, they should be bad. And now they are a major story about to get college game day. That is good for the league, and like I think it's honestly – Kind of awesome that OU and Texas are not very good right now. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned like you could put every single team in this league in the ACC Coastal and they might win it, right? I mean, I know like West Virginia is probably the worst team in this league. We're gonna get to them later, but I've mentioned before they were a they were a tip pick away from going probably going down the field and beating Pitt. Like, and that's you know that's that is who's probably going to win the ACC Coastal. All right, let's let's talk about the first team, one of the teams you want to mention. TCU is legit. So I want to I want to preface this with saying. TCU fans do not like me, and I don't think they should like me because of what the way we talked about it. But give me a break with, like, we should have seen this coming. You fired a legendary coach because you had no identity at all. You brought in the new coach, who we like, but, like, last time the Power Five didn't work out great, but he's going to a new place. You got Max Duggan and Chandler Morris to choose between as your quarterbacks. You had a horrible defense last year, and you're bringing seven players back who are talented. But that was a Robbie. That was a bad defense last year. Mm-hmm. And so, excuse us if we weren't completely sold on Chandler Morris getting injured, and then Max Duggan, who has been wildly inconsistent, coming in, and then you beating Colorado. Well, they suck. Tarleton State's nothing. SMU. That was a good one. I thought they might lose that game, but I'm not sure how good SMU is, and their defense didn't look great. And also. 
Robbie, Sonny Dykes, we talked to him last week. He told us our defense is fast. Um, and he didn't sound like he was going to say the defense was good, though. He was like, we're fast. I just don't know about the rest of it. What a performance this week against Oklahoma. Hey, everyone. Josh Neighbors here. Quick word from our friends at Nissan. They have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the Big 12 in the previous week. This week's play was the Max Duggan 60-plus yard touchdown run. We'll also throw in the Jaden Nixon kickoff return for a touchdown. So TCU and Oklahoma State represented this week in our Nissan Most Thrilling Plays. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of available vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. Once again, that's NissanUSA.com. We Yeah, I'm late to the party. I'll admit that. But the folks out there who are like, this dummy, this dummy didn't, nobody saw this coming. They were 33-1 to 1 to start the year, I believe, to win this league. And Robbie, I'll give you one more piece of stat, more piece of context before we let you go. Um, before I let you go off on this, they've had 19 plays of 30 plus yards or more. That is number two in the country. They've also played one less game than number one team, Ohio State. They are as explosive, as explosive as any team, any team in college football. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with the performance of Max Duggan and honestly how this offense is just like formed. They know that they can kill you on the ground, and especially with Max Duggan. I think he is such a threat with that. It is honestly, it's not a not a blessing. I'll never say it's a blessing that someone got injured, but it's awesome that Max Duggan once stayed at TCU. He sh- like he could have definitely gone. And the fact that he is proving himself, he is by far the most efficient quarterback in the Big 12, and he is completing 74.5% of his passes. That is something we didn't have when it comes to accuracy with Max Duggan. And I love what this offense can do. Not only can they run it, but it feels like every pass that Max Duggan hits is a huge bomb. That guy can just chuck it deep. Trust his awesome receiving core. Like the fact that Quentin Johnson right now is fifth on their team in reception yards and only zero touchdowns. Like that just shows that this team has a lot of depth. I love what they've done. They kept it simple. And defensively, I think we should have expected more from this team because they are Gary Patterson recruited players. And also, I I just keep going back to this clip. I said it a lot in the show. But we had Travis Hodges Tomlinson on in the summer, and he was like, we have dudes on this defense. We just were not put in a place to succeed. And I think they've dumbed some things down. They've made it so much easier in this Joe Gillespie offense, and they have a lot of good pieces. Like, this is a team right now that I don't think, like you said, anyone had being a real threat, but they are proving they have some dudes on this team. Do I have them winning the Big 12 title yet? I don't know. But right now, I think it's a four-team race to be in the Big 12 title game, in my opinion. And I think TCU definitely has to be in that consideration. And I think right now, they are playing some of the best ball in their life, and they are proving, like, that's amazing. And also, I want to give credit to Jeremiah Donati, their AD. That takes so much balls to just like let go of a legendary head coach, especially in the middle of the season. Like that's embarrassing for him. Like that is so embarrassing. And to make this call and then to make Sonny Dykes a complete culture change and it has worked for you, that is not an easy move. That's a move that most ADs would not do. And it's worked to their advantage. And if you're a TCU fan, you have to be ecstatic, but also a little bit surprised. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm, I'm, I was opening up now the Athlon or my my preview from the season, the Athlon Sports one. Look, they they've got good players like Jamoy Hodge. We talked to Gabe Eicher, and you know, and we watched the game, but like Gabe was on the field covering for OU and said that was the best player in the field. Has that awful targeting? I mean, like that was atrocious. I thought he should be spending yeah, one more game. Exactly. Yeah, it was really bad. But like Jamoy Hodge, D Winters, Travius Tomlins, Hodge. I mean, uh, Hodges Tomlinson. Like they've got guys all over this defense that have come back. It just wasn't a good group and. That's the one thing. I think that's why Sonny Dyke said, like, they can play fast. That is one thing that we can do. And I think you hit it also with the Gary Patterson players thing. Like, they put a lot of players in the NFL because of how athletic a lot of the guys they are, they get are, right? They get good athletes, and they don't, Gary did especially, Gary Staffs did a really good job of developing these guys and getting them into places where they, you know, they ended up being, you know, draft eligible and like, I mean, high end draft, higher end draft picks. And I think the fact they were able to pick up with that on D de- because like, here's the thing, like this defense for this entire thing to work, their defense is going to have to continue to get better. Uh, the SMU game was not great. The game they played against OU was very good. They made, took a, they took advantage of a lot of miscues. My one question for them on offense is this, because they've got, they have a lot of really, really athletic players. And you and I like the running back room too to start off the year. That's one thing. I think the reason why we like the running back room more than like a Texas tech was because, okay, we know that, you know, Tech's offense are going to be tossing the ball around a, around a lot. This team, especially Max Duggan's playing, like a lot of it's running the football. A lot of it, they do a lot of power run right. stuff. And the one knock on Max Duggan is like anything within 15 yards, man, it, it's not. And we even saw it some against Oklahoma. Like he was not hitting every throw that he had right. to make. Some of the short stuff was difficult. So I love the fact they're running the football. I love the fact they control the line of scrimmage against people. I am really curious if we start getting a team that's like, all right, let's just say in Oklahoma State, we're gonna rush four guys, right? We're gonna drop, we're gonna drop seven, we're gonna drop eight into coverage. All right, we're gonna we're gonna give you everything underneath, and uh, you know, for them, like they might give up a ton of yardage, is kind of what Oklahoma State does, but mm-hmm. we're gonna say no, no big explosive plays on us. You're gonna have to go down the field and then basically finish drives in the red zone. I'm really curious to see what a team does with that because right now. I mean, TCU's offense, and I, we have to give Max a ton of credit too. Yeah. That definitely. is so hard to, to lose that job, to start as many games as you did, to keep working, to be there, to be the guy now. You know, it sucks for injuries like Tyler Shuck. We, we hate it for guys like that. But, you know, what an opportunity. And he has made the most of it. And he that job is not going back anytime soon. And, and he's still got faults, deficiencies, whatever. But that is – perseverance on a really impressive level for a young person. Yeah, definitely. And when I think of like what teams now are a mismatched nightmare for them, not nightmare, but like can give them the most trouble. I think Oklahoma state, definitely they can get to the quarterback. Like TCU's offensive line has looked good, but I don't think there are any players that are NFL caliber right now or like starting like in the league. Like that's, that's a group Gabe Iker talks about is, Going into this Oklahoma game, yeah, Steve like, is probably the only guy, and he's been around. I mean, it's just because the amount of experience yeah. he has. And I don't think Oklahoma is very good at getting to the to the quarterback at all or stopping Not the run. So, in a game like Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Baylor, what team exactly are we going to get? Because those are teams with really good defensive lines and honestly, just like good defensive players. Like those are the three best right. defenses I have in the league right now. So, though, I am I am very high on TCU right now. I think they're a top four team in the league. 
uh, and number one of explosive offense in the league. But I think now the book may be out and we can see, okay, like let's just not give them anything over 60 yards. That might be smart. Unlike Oklahoma. Uh, well, so, you just put guys in space and say, all right. And then Max Duggan, like he's so fast yeah. for, for, I mean, for a quarterback who's like, he's a pretty decent size. Let me double check how big he is, but they make you respect everything. Like you have to respect exactly. that run. Exactly. And if you, if you over, if you overcompensate for the run, he can go deep on you. And that's right. where like, they can just do so many different things that I don't think a team like, Kansas State can do with Adrian Martinez. I love him. I love that offense, but there's no way he can beat you with the deep ball. No way. Right. And it's really funny because, I mean, we talked about this last year. Like, it felt like Quinn Johnson's – go look at his game logs. It's like three catches for 120 yards and a touchdown. It's like, well, why? Because it's like kind of their passing game was that. And the fact um, that he hasn't been going off, that's like scary. I think that should be right. scary for the rest yeah, of they've the been, They've been distributing. I mean, I mean, I think, too, it's – I think a lot of defensive attention has gone to him and they've taken advantage of that. And I mean, I think guys like Darius Davis and uh, Tay Barber, who's been around for a long time, you know, Gunnar Henderson, like guys like that, like, like all these, Savion Williams, all these guys have benefited from that, which is really good. Let's go other side of this. So you, you were steadfast in the Oklahoma is dead. Thing. Also I'll, to put a pin on TCU. Um, like where are we with them being a big 12 title contender? I, I think, I think they can be. But I'm I'd lean more towards at Oklahoma State because I know they've they know they've been there, I guess. Yeah. I think right now that they are a top four team. I have Oklahoma State, Kansas State, TCU. I'm not gonna put Kansas in there yet just because like I literally just have to see more of it. Like I I I, I love the story. Oh, okay. Uh I still have Baylor as a team that can be frisky, but I do not They've shown a lot of things that we'll get into later that I just think they need to grow up a little bit. Right. But 100%, if you don't have TCU in your, uh, like, frisky teams or fringe playoff teams, or not playoff, but, like, title teams, like, you got to reevaluate right now. You got to yeah. watch them a little bit more. I agree. Uh, Oklahoma is dead. So you were on this, and we were with a bunch of OU people at Big 12 today on SiriusXM. We, and I was with them, too. And I was like, they're going to be favored in 11 of the 12 games they play this year. Um, or damn near every single game they played this year. Now, obviously, it's going to change with Dylan Gabriel out. But they had that performance against Nebraska, especially on defense is what I cared about. And then they play Kansas State and look like that. And then this game, they were a mess. They were a complete mess. Penalties, turnovers, um, you know, they were bad. They were bad really in all three phases of this game. I, what is your read right now in Oklahoma? Like this, the stuff's got, I mean, it, it had to change. I just, I just didn't, it's just weird to see Oklahoma down this bad kind of a situation. I'm like kind of upset at myself that I wasn't more consistent that I think Oklahoma was not going to be this good. I kind of got logo drunk. I kind of got talked into a bit that Brent Venables is doing the right thing. And that I, I just kind of, you know, bought into that after that Nebraska game, we, we called them the best team in the league. And I wish that I just stuck to my intuition because as soon as Brent Venable was hired and all the changes happened, Lincoln Riley and all the players enter the transfer portal and all the defensive players are getting drafted. I said, there's no way this team can be what you like picture them to be, which is the Oklahoma that is going to the big 12 title game. There's just no way that you can lose that much, change your entire staff, put in a new system, lose all of this talent and be as good. I should have stuck to that. I am mad that I didn't. But now we are just seeing that we are seeing what is happening with Oklahoma and it sucks that Dylan Gabriel was hurt. He was not playing well in that TCU game, 
at all. It wouldn't and, have mattered. And it, it's just like we should just give first-year ho- head coaches a little bit of, you know, grace period. Historically, first-year head coaches, unless they are inherited an amazing like team like Lincoln Riley did with Bob Stoops, they are going to fail. They're, they're 100% right. not going to be what you think. You can see it with Steve Sarkeesian in Texas. Obviously, it's Texas. You can see it with Nick Saban when he took over Alabama. This takes a year. And we got logo drunk here and thought, you know what, Oklahoma, they are going to be good because they have this amount of talent. It is a lot of awesome, high, high like recruiting talent, four-star, some five-star, but none of that was proven at all. And a lot of that, especially on the defensive side, went to the NFL draft. And we saw that against TCU, they looked bad. They didn't look like they knew what they were doing. We all saw, oh, Brent Venables, he knows exactly what to do. He's the defensive mind. I don't know who exactly is leading that defense right now. Yeah, I mean, and, he and Ted Roof, like, what was – those those players were not on the same page. Yeah, and it's like, I don't think – I'm, I'm stealing this from Teddy Lehman. I listened to his podcast, and he was like, it doesn't matter what plays you call really on defense because – if you call a play, the player should just execute that play. But no Oklahoma defensive player were, were executing anything on these deep plays for TCU. And that's why I think that it is scary what's happening to them. And also injury-wise, I don't know how yeah. you can be positive on Oklahoma right now, especially with Dylan Gabriel. But a lot of key positions are out. I just I, – I, I don't know how you can be high in Oklahoma this season. They're not going to make the Big 12 title game. I'm – pissed that we said that they were the best team in the league two weeks ago but yeah you have to you cannot be high in Oklahoma right now after this year sure recruiting wise sure but this season just do something else with your Saturday Oklahoma fans yeah I mean when you're unsure about a team you know we were unsure about a lot of teams this league like I think that's why I gravitated towards OU because it was more trustworthy you know it's, it's like the logo like you mentioned and also the fact that like Brent Venables is one of the best defensive coordinators the last two decades in college football. Now you put him up there with the guys like legends, like Bud Foster, right? He was like that level of of kind of respect. And then you go and you get a guy like a Jeff Webby and it's another awesome hire. Another guy you bring in, you have, you know, everybody loves, has a lot of respect for one of the best offensive minds out there. You get a quarterback like Dylan Gabriel, you got some good wide receivers, good running backs, you know, we think the offensive line should be better. And you think that, okay, well, we know they put a lot of guys in the league, but Brent Venables will teach them get a, you know a few more fundamentals, and that stuff looked like it was happening the first three weeks. That first half against Kansas State was rough, but like the rubber met the road against a team that is much older than them in Kansas, State, much more organized too in Kansas State, and a quarterback who who got a kick in the ass from his coaching staff, and they got run over. And then this week, a TCU team that I mean, they they were feeling it. They kind of saw a wounded animal, and they they ran them over. And also, they didn't build enough quarterback depth. We knew this coming into the year too. Like there was a reason why they went after Jackson Dart in addition to Dylan Gabriel, right? So uh, I mean, this is this is a really difficult situation for them, and I don't think it's going to get much better. Like you said, with the injuries, at least in the moment, it doesn't mean what they're doing is not going to work eventually. I don't right. believe in that. I don't believe we should be judging this fast. But yikes! It's, yeah, it's it- yikes, and it could be yikes again this weekend. A hundred percent. I I do not have them beating Texas, and that is. I don't even know who's going to play quarterback for either team. Like, right. I don't, I, I have no idea. Are you going to have an injured or somewhat healthy uh, Hudson Carter, Quinn Ewers? Or are you going to go with a general booty? Like, I, I don't know what to expect from this. Yeah, I, think, team I guess at all. what Davis Bevel is the guy now that's, that's supposed to yeah. be there. 
And mm-hmm. I just want to, I don't want to rub in Oklahoma's face, like fans faces, but like on Twitter and on social media, they are by far the most vocal. And I think they've been by far the most wrong out of any right. fan base th- this off season. You can't just instill a whole new culture coming from what everyone said. Lincoln Riley was a soft head coach. You know, he just gave up on his teams. You can't go from what you think is that to now Jerry Schmidt hard nosed all of these things and not expect like some type of like you need time. Like right. you have to be patient. And I know that you went from Bob Soups and Lincoln Riley and there was not even a transition really. And you are a program that is going to succeed. But to think that this team was going to just be amazing year one because Brent Venables, he has to learn too. Like he has to learn how to do yeah. a lot of things. Totally and like right. I think Texas and OU are in very similar situations. They are a team that should be very good right now are not. But I think in two to three years, because of the recruiting, they will be fine. So this is a team you have to evaluate in like two years, honestly. And like, that's where, like, honestly, I don't think they're in a rush to go to the SEC at all. And if they were to go to the SEC right now, that would be detrimental to them because they are yeah. not there yet. Well, it's, it's good for them. It's happening right now, right? That the growing pains happening as we are speaking. We'll see when they go. But Big 12 title favorites now, like, you know, I this is now towards the top of the league. Oklahoma State clears that big hurdle of Baylor. Kansas State, you know, with two down, beats Oklahoma, beats Oklahoma, uh, beats Texas Tech after a good fourth quarter. You see these two teams as kind of the favorites right now, although you did acknowledge that they're like, you know, there is a lot happening, but kind of these are the two right now. Uh, is is that kind of your thesis at this point? Like, these are the guys that we have to, you know, kind of until we see otherwise, they should be, kind of be the top dogs. Right. And I, I agree with that. I think it is Kansas State and Oklahoma State. I have Kansas State winning the league. I've I've committed to them. I saw that. Great yeah. commitment tweet. Thank you. And it, it's interesting to think because the four best teams in the Big 12 right now in terms of ranking all have mobile quarterbacks. You have Adrian right. Martinez, you have Spencer Sanders, you have Jalen Daniels, and you have Max Duggan. They're all very good. But the thing that I think Kansas State and Oklahoma State does better than anyone is defensively they have some monster dudes on the defensive line. And Kansas State, I think, is the most balanced team in the Big 12, if that makes sense. I don't think passing-wise they have it, but they have dudes. They have Malik Knowles. You have Deuce Vaughn. You can do things in the running game that no other team in this conference can do. And defensively, I think they're solid on every every level defensively. I think they have some amazing dudes. Khalid Duke is emerging, coming back from, from his injury, three sacks against Texas Tech. Like, that's a team right now I really like. And Oklahoma State. Like, we have to talk about Spencer Sanders. I think that he may not be having the best season in the Big 12, but I think he is the best quarterback. The way he can extend some drives, what he did against Baylor under pressure, he extended so many drives, and it is clear he is a better passer than years before. I think he can do a lot of other things with the football. And honestly, I love their receiving core. They have some dudes over there. And, like, that's where I, I just like the star power for both of these teams right now. And I think that one Oklahoma state has amazing coaching. You have Derek Mason, you have Mike Gundy, you have a good staff. And then for Kansas state, you have a lot of proven solid star talent. So right now TCU is a great story. Kansas is a good story, but right now I think it's Oklahoma state, Kansas state, and then like a tiny bit of gap between the rest. Yeah. And I mean, we're going to see here this, this Kansas state, the stretch they're on now is really tough. Uh, at Iowa State, which you know we'll see this week, but it's a pretty close spread. Uh, at TCU, Oklahoma State, Texas go there. Then at Baylor, you know it's it's going to be a difficult stretch. And this is where it's like, okay, Adrian Martinez, 
you know, we saw it within the game too. Like big lead, 13, nothing. And then it's tied. Right. And we're tied in the fourth quarter. And then, Oh, what they do, they rip off. I forgot how many points they scored in the fourth quarter to stretch that thing out. They need to be more consistent in Oklahoma state. Like, I think they. I think the good thing about Oklahoma State is they know who they are. I mean, we. Right. I feel pretty comfortably about Oklahoma State. Like, and I'm not sure how high that ceiling is. I don't think it's extremely, extremely high. But I think that Gundy uh, and and Derek Mason. I think those guys and Casey Dunn too. They know exactly what they have. They have a old quarterback who can make a lot of plays for them. A really decent, you know, a nice depth of the receiving core some depth at running back, an okay offensive line, a good defensive line, some questions in the back end, and a defense that can force some turnovers, although they will give up yardage. I think it's a pretty good assessment of who they are. And I think while another, a lot of teams in this league have a lot of questions to answer, I'm not sure how many Oklahoma State has. And that's kind of, that's kind of why I like them up top. You think yeah, that's fair? definitely. And I just want to give some shout-outs to some players in Oklahoma State. I love watching Mason Cobb. He plays linebacker yeah. for Oklahoma State. He, he is a beast. And honestly, like the biggest – we had was who replaces Malcolm Rodriguez and who is going to be good in the secondary. And I thought some of their secondary made just unbelievable plays against Baylor. Like the last interception to really seal the deal on Blake Shapin, that was like just such an unbelievable play. So right now I think Oklahoma State is the most confident in the entire league right now. And for Kansas State and Adrian Martinez during that Texas Tech game, there's a lot of times I thought they should have just kept running Adrian Martinez. And I thought they got away from that if you have a player that good, you just keep rolling with it. Right. Like keep, keep doing that. Like it was working. Obviously the first drive two plays 75 yards touchdown for Adrian Martinez. So right now I think there's, there, there's no other team that are, are as good as these two right now. But I, I, once again, big 12, I could be proven wrong in a week or so. And here's the thing is like, we, you know, we almost have to put the winner of this weekend. I can't believe I'm saying this Kansas TCU game into the mix because that's going right. to be a six. It's going to be a six and a, or in TCU's case, a five and O team. Uh, that we'll have, and then you know, for Kansas, if they win, they'll be six and zero with three Big Twelve wins. TCU would be five and zero with two Big Twelve wins. Have to consider them too in the mix. Let's get to a team that you know people picked to win the league. Look, Robbie, I was uh, this is the one team I think I I pretty much nailed down to start the season. It was Baylor, and how much they lost, and how long it takes to kind of get that. Like it's gonna take some time. It's gonna take some time, and that's okay. All right, it's it's not gonna be the season that we thought they were gonna have. I think last year's team was better. Um, I think this year's yes. group eventually has a chance. I'm not sure how much they're going to, you know, obviously the offensive and defensive lines are going to lose some, but like as a collective, this group in a couple of years, year or two, you know, it could be really, really good, but take some time and that's okay. And I think Dave Aranda knows that. Yeah. And I think the thing with this team is last year you had stars. Right. You had stars. You had Jalen Petrie. You have Terrell Bernard. You have Tyquan Thornton as, as a wide receiver option, if possible. You have an experienced quarterback with, G with Gary Bohannon. I don't think he's a star, but he at least knows how to play the game of football. And also you had two stud running backs back there. Do I believe in the future of Baylor? A hundred percent. I think one day Blake Shapin can be a star. I think one day Richard Reese can be a star. He's shown a lot of flashes yeah. this year. Monterey Baldwin going to be a star. Yeah. But this is a team that has almost stars. I think this is a team that is searching for that dude right now. And I don't think it's there right now. And a lot of it for me is we put Siaki Ika as that guy. You know, he's going to be a person leading that defense. And I thought in that Oklahoma State game, he got kind of exposed in two different plays. 
First one, he is on the goal line. I think it's Oklahoma State is on the one. And he is looking at Spencer Sanders, and he says, come to me. Bring it at me. That's a lot of confidence. Amazing. I love it. And then the next play, he just runs right in. He stuffs you. And then right. there's a play with Dominic Richardson, who honestly looked pretty good in that game. Like, that's a running back room I'm not very high in, but he looked good. He yeah. ran right into Siaki's chest, bounced off. He couldn't grab him, and then he ran for a, a first down. And, like, that's that's a player that needs to be a star that wasn't. Do I believe in this team? Like, they're about to go on a bye. You know, last year they lost Oklahoma State and still made it to the Big 12 title game. That's that's what happened. But right now I think there's a lot more question marks. I think there's a lot of unproven talent right now that needs to. Do I trust their coaching staff? 100%. But right now it's a lot of, okay, you need to show me more. You need to grow a little bit more. I do not have them winning the Big 12 Conference. I have them as my preseason pick. I do not think they will do that. Couldn't they fight a way to be frisky in late November? 100%. But right now they're, they're growing and they need to get there. The good news for them is one of their losses is out of conference. That's the one save, kind of right. saving grace for them. Um, who knows how many conference losses. And honestly, too, in that last game, they could have won that. A lot of different things yeah. go their way. They could have won that. So I don't know if I'm being very down on them, but I think last, last year if they lost this game the same way, I'd be a lot less down because of that team. Right. They're they're good. Like they're good. It's just like they're not as good as we thought they were. I, I think yeah. that's fair. And look, people said that game was a 50-50 game last week. Like Oklahoma grabbed that game in the beginning. They get the safety, they get the kick return. People were like, oh, special teams, whatever. I mean, Oklahoma got Oklahoma did what they had to whenever they like whenever it got close, right? Whenever it got tense. Oklahoma made Oklahoma State made plays and got scores. It was kind of that simple to me. Like Oklahoma State was just better. They were the better team. A lot of people, I've heard a lot of people, Robbie, say. Uh, that was a 50-50 game. Some people even said Baylor uh, Baylor was better in that game. Like, that's n- – I mean, the numbers a lot of times are correct. If you watch this football game, Oklahoma State was the one controlling what was happening for most of the game except that third quarter, and they got back control of it again. So, I'm – you know. I thought Baylor was sleepwalking through that first half, to be quite honest. Yeah. I didn't think they could really do anything. That, that third quarter is, like, legitimately some of the best football I've ever seen from both two teams. Like, it was – so entertaining right yeah they 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 did not come out ready and like that's where I'm nervous for a team like obviously TCU a team like Kansas State a a, Spencer Sanders like extended so many drives that should have been a sack so many drives that should not have extended and like if you face Adrian Martinez or Max Duggan they're gonna do the same thing on you and the big calling card we had with Baylor was they can stop the rush they did not. They could not get to the quarterback. Zero sacks. This is a front that we praised and has not done exactly what we we thought they would. Right. One more. West Virginia should not be this bad. I disagree with this because I think somebody has to eat losses in the league. That's kind of how it works. But I, I think this team actually should be where they are right now. I think like this West Virginia team is kind of essentially what like what they should be. Like they are an up and down team. You never know week to week. They could beat most teams in the league, maybe all of them. I don't know. But, you know, Texas took care of them last week. Texas is more physical up front. It, it just feels like some weeks, you, you know, the Tech game in particular, Virginia Tech's not very good, but they were up for the challenge. They were there all game, ran the ball well, whatever. This game, no, offense was silent. I know C.D. Donaldson got hurt, which is huge. Yeah, it seems awesome. like he's okay now, which is good. But, yeah, this it, it's just they'll be lucky to go 6-6 six and six this year. And that was kind of my opinion to start off the year. Yeah, I, I don't think this team should be this bad. Like, you have an amazing play caller. You have JT Daniels, which I th- still think is one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league, what he can do with his arm. 
and you have a receiver like Bryce Ford Wheaton that a team would desperately love to have. Any other yeah. team in the Big 12 would love to have him. And you have Dante Stills, like, this team should not be this bad. Like, a lot of games are, like, bang, bang games. And, like, you could say, like, oh, they could have won Kansas. Oh, they could have won Pitt. But, like, against Texas, I thought that was so uninspiring on the yeah. road. And, like, you're facing Hudson Card. Like, that's it. Like, I was, I get it. You're in Texas. But, like, you just got beat up so early. And, like, that's yeah. where I'm, like, man, like, I know that people are saying that Neil Brown is going to stay and all of that, but like, how can you be a West Virginia fan right now and be like, this is the good, this is the best direction right now. And like, after this season, your best players are going to go. JT Daniels is going to go. You'll have CJ Donaldson and he like, he's an absolute stud, but like this. Offensive well, now line, I, you, I mean, you hope so, right? You hope that you have him. Yeah. And then but like this, this offensive line, I think will not be better next year. You lose. I, I just, there's no way this team should be the bottom team, of the big 12. Like, honestly, like a team like Iowa state, I think should be because I think Hunter Deckers is just straight up. Not good. Like, yeah. I think that he is, and they have no weapons on offense right now, besides Xavier Hutchinson. If you shut him down, like that was another hey, team. You, I hey, think you can even let him eat in the game. You let him get a hundred yards on eight catches and score. Like you can still beat him, Right. I mean, what else are you going to do? <laughs> and yeah, that's where I just think like, I do not know how West Virginia right now is like, this bad i'll tell you what your season's going in ebbs and flows right yeah the two first two losses i know the Towson was the second was the first win but they beat the hell out of Towson like they should then they beat the hell out of tech on the road on thursday night and so that was positive momentum there and then it's been a step back and now they have a break and they'll get west virginia at home on thursday night which has been a really difficult game or excuse me baylor at home on thursday night which has been a tough game there and then they'll play texas tech after that who's a real, I mean, that's a real toss up and they'll play TCU. So like for a TCU, then Iowa state. So, I mean, this is, this could be a real up and down situation, right? When one lose one, when one lose one, I think that's who they are. They're just one of the middling to bottom teams in the league this year. And and what is a very deep league, but that's just, that's just where they are. That's just where that team is. Yeah. Could this be a team that they're definitely not going to the bowl game, but could this be a team that could get five total wins? Sure. Yeah. But if you look at the rest of their season, all of their hardest games are ahead of them. You right. played Kansas and Texas, and then you have everyone else. Like, there's right. no way that – like, you end the season with Oklahoma, who may be an easy win, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State. That's – I mean, what a brutal stretch. If you're trying to gain momentum into the offseason, like – like, you – like we saw Wisconsin make a change at head co- head coach and like he had an amazing record. Neil Brown has not had that. Like what, what do you do? What yeah. do you do? <laughs> at $15 million, it's a tough question, right? It's a very, very difficult question for that athletic department. All right, Robbie, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Sirius XM big 12 radio, uh, big 12 today. Josh and I are on it from two to five central, Follow me at the Triano Kid. You may love me, you may hate me and my takes, but I'm confident, uh, and I think I know a little bit about this league. So, uh, Josh Probably and I, we may not be right running. all the time, but I think that we are educated and know a lot. So, if you're hating in the comments, just get over yourself. And just remember, guys, we love the league. We don't hate any of your teams. 100%. We love everybody yeah. in the league, except for OU and Texas. We don't like yeah, them except for OU. I don't like you, OU. We don't like them as much, but still. Yeah. Uh, all right, Robbie, appreciate your time as always, man. Awesome. Thank you.